Hello, and welcome to Radio KBPV, a podcast for tales of the Kootenai Brown Pioneer Village. This is the Talking Tombstones edition, recorded at the Fort McLeod Holy Cross Cemetery, August 24, 2019. This is our final reading from the Holy Cross section of the cemetery before we move over to the main Union Cemetery at Fort McLeod. And uh, this next one on James Coleman Patterson will be read by myself, Gord Tolton. Well, first, uh, James, first thing I want to say is, yes, James' stone has seen better days. I have seen it up right here. And uh, a member of, uh, a descendant of James's did send me a picture, so we do, do have proof that it was upright at one point. And uh, I have actually notified the town, and uh, we'll see what happens with it. I hope it gets put back up properly. He was a very interesting man, and uh, one of those people that kind of get, gets lost unless we do these kinds of uh, events tonight. Well, with information from uh, the descendant, Tony Plord, who was hoping to be here to do this reading tonight, but she texted me earlier that she wasn't going to make it back from Washington State. So she's uh, given me permission to go ahead and do this one. So James Coleman Patterson came to the Northwest Territories from Montana with the rise of the cattle industry in 1883. I brought with me a wealth of experience from Texas, the land where the modern Western cattle industry as we know it began. My ancestral roots are deep in the South. My great-great-grandparents Jean-Claude Vaucher and Margaret de la Stage were part of the French-Canadian migration to Louisiana. The Vaucher family moved west to become early Texas pioneers in the days of Spanish-Mexican rule. My grandmother, Sarah Ann Vaucher, rode bareback dressed as a boy for over 300 miles to warn General Sam Houston of an impending attack. Sarah married my grandfather, Jacob Walker, who later fought and died at the Alamo with Crockett, Travis, and Bowie. I was born in 1853 in San Augustine, Texas, not far from Waco. If we could see this grave marker, it would list my middle name as Colon, but that is not the case. The name on my last will and testament is Coleman, and I want to set that record straight right now. My father died sometime before 1870, so 1870, sorry. So at 17 years old, I took on the responsibility of taking care of the family. So I took a job as a cow pancher on the old western trail, driving cattle up from Waco, Texas, to its terminal point at Ogallala, Nebraska. At 27, six years old, that's where I met Miss Hattie Montgomery, just as I was probably looking for the romance I was missing. We were married on March 6th in 1880 in Ogallala. In 1881, Hattie and I had a son by the name of Prince Oliver, but our marriage didn't last much longer than a year. By 1884, Hattie taken up to another man named Samuel Sims in Idaho, where Prince half-sister Lulu Cassie was born. As far as myself, I never remarried and threw myself into life as a stockman. I first saw Canada while delivering the bar you heard, along with old George Lane, who would later become a very notable cattleman here in Alberta. By June 1883, I was in Montana as an experienced cattle hander, very familiar with the Stockman's Association in that state. That's who recommended my services to the Walrun Cattle Ranch Company from Alberta, which was the Northwest Territories at the time. Well, at the age of 29, Walrun hired me as their foreman over operations, and I ramrodded the moving of more than 3,000 head of stock and cattle northward from the Judith Basin of Montana 
and up the Whoopup Trail to Fort McLeod. I became well respected up north as one of the best cattlemen in Alberta at a time when the fledgling cattle industry was just getting started. Of course, it had to be a natural intelligence as I had to teach myself how to read and write just after coming to Canada. As the foreman, I became known as Pat and oversaw the wagon teams for Dr. McEachern with many cattle roundups in the region with hundreds of cowboys and thousands of head of cattle in the mix. I knew my cows. I could pick a lone one out of a herd and recognize her without any trouble like it was a long lost best friend. Few stories describe what a great sharpshooter I was with a revolver. Jimmy McDowell of Fort McLeod, that boy that raised the famous bucking horse Midnight, he says that when he was wrangling horses for the outfit on the roundup where, where I was the wagon boss, he often tossed an empty tomato can into the air at my request, and I would draw the six-shooter from the holster and put six holes in the can before it hit the ground. In another story, Dr. Duncan McEachern once said that I shot a partridge out of the tree with one headshot. I explained to him why I did this. We could now put that bird on the fire for dinner without having to clean the lead out of the meat. In 1893, I was hired as the Dominion Livestock Inspector out of the Winnipeg, Manitoba office, but in fact, I was contracted through the Western Stock Growers Association in the Alberta. That's the only way I'd accept the job because I refused to work for the government. While in that position, I tried my hand at homesteading and ranching on my own, on my own near Medicine Hat, then I came back to the Fort McLeod area trying to ranch around here. Well, I said I was a bit of an introverted man with a retiring personality, but I was always an ambitious and busy individual and often stood by to help a friend. One of the highlights in my life was when my 19-year-old son, Print, caught up to me up here and traveled up around 1800 before he went down back to Oregon to work as a farm laborer. Another honor for old Pat here was being a judge at the very first Calgary Stampede. The creator and organizer, Guy Wiedek, wrote up some info on me. I, I blushed to, to uh, write it, but he said, J.C. Patterson, another Texan who came up the trail to Montana and later to Alberta, was a top hand with the Waldron outfit, considered to be the best brand expert on the Canadian ranch, an expert roper, and at all times used a rawhide riata, which he would cut from a big steer hide staked out on the ground and hand braided it. He was a judge and timer of the roping events at the Stampede at Calgary in 1912, as well as the one at Winnipeg in 1913. Now the rest of this gets a little bit troubling because there's no way of knowing what happened in my home on September 8th, 1913. I may have had a terminal illness or some other malady, but I was found dead of a gunshot wound at the age of 60 years old. My old friends were prideful and refused to admit the possibility that I may have taken my own life and the gun, and they said the gun which was found beside the body was accidentally discharged. I worked with a lawyer to draft my will about a year before my death. After debts were paid, I paid and left money to my two surviving sisters in Texas. I had been sending money to my mother in Waco on a regular basis until her own death in 1908. Print lost contact with me and only found out 15 years after the fact that I had died. My funeral was held at the McLeod Catholic Church at Holy Cross on September 18, 1913. Among my pallbearers were my old pal George Lane and that bucking horse champion from the Stampede, from Johnny Franklin. Tony Plord, who uh, did this research and is the descendant, uh, she has a quote here. After researching this interesting pioneer, I continued to, to search on FamilySearch and Ancestry.ca and found out that James Coleman Patterson is my fourth cousin four times removed. 
and that's after she knew about the guy. So she asks, asks, uh, invites us to thank you for this opportunity to share a personal side of an early Alberta pioneer during a very unique time in history. <laughs> 